Thank you. Good evening. How are you? Good. It's always good to be in the presence of the Lord. Amen. I love the peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. I bring you greetings from Germany. I don't know if you know, next year in 2017, we are celebrating 500 years anniversary of Reformation. And uh, we are organizing a big conference, a Reformation conference in the town where I live in Lüdenscheid. And I want to invite you to come to celebrate with us. Because without this Reformation, you wouldn't be here. Think about that. A little monk, a Catholic monk 500 years ago, he thought about church. And he thought something is wrong. He was not satisfied with what he saw and experienced. And he was reading his Bible. And he thought, there's something different in the Bible. And we have to go back. We have to go back to the Bible. We have to go back to the Word of God. And he was a real, real bold, bold man to get up against a whole strong power system. Amen? Think about that. He was alone. He was not together with a bunch of people filled with the Holy Ghost, you know, worshiping in other tongues and prophesying all over, healing the sick or whatever, strong church, local church or whatever. He was alone by himself. And God challenged him. God called him. Come on, get up. I have something to do for you. We have to change the world. What? Me? And he did it. He got persecuted. He got rejected. Many things like that. But he changed the world until now. But I'll tell you something. This was 500 years ago. And I'm, I'm, I'm a kind of I hope you understand it right. I'm kind of pride to be a German. You know, Martin Luther. <laughs> and then later the first Bible was not printed in the United States. It was not printed in Africa in a revival land or something like that, or Brazil or wherever. The first Bible was printed in Germany. <laughs> the Gutenberg printing machine. Huh? And then many waves of revival, they came out of Germany. The largest mission movement in the whole church history, the Moravians, were born in Germany. There was a rich man, and he, um, he visited um, an exhibition with pictures, paintings, and he saw this, this, this painting from Jesus on the cross. And this was not a nice picture. It was, it was really ugly. A lot of blood was running down and pieces of meat. And it was not a nice Jesus painting picture, not a Hollywood picture. It was a bloody picture. And beneath the picture there was written, uh, I, this I did for you, what are you doing for me? And he got radical born again when he watched this picture. 
I tell you something. Anointed arts is very effective. So he came back and he started a new movement, the Moravians. And this was not fun. It was very difficult. It was very difficult for him. A lot of unforgiveness and they went to church and they did not talk with each other and some of them they went on that side from the boardwalk to the church, to the same church. Other people they went on that side to the church and they celebrated together Lord's Communion. Wow, we don't have this today. Huh? <laughs> and one day two, two guys they didn't speak with each other. They walked to church, and one guy thought, this is, this is stupid. This is so stupid what we are doing here. And he went to the other guy, and he said, hey, let's talk together, and if I ever did hurt you, please forgive me. And on the way to the church, they received reconciliation and forgiveness. That morning, when they had Lord's Communion, the spirit of repentance showed up. Very strong. And, 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 and service for hours and hours and hours. And they repented. They repented a lot of forgiveness. And they humbled themselves. And as a result of that, the Holy Spirit fell. Yeah. They all got baptized in the Holy Spirit. This was not a charismatic group. This was not a wild, you know, wild prophetic group. Very, very traditional uh, Christians from Germany. And they really got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And this changed everything. And they started praying for the nations for more than 100 years, 24-7. They printed the word of God until now. And I don't know, every day you can get it in, 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 in I don't know how many nations today. The word of God for the day. And then they trained missionaries. You know, the Holy Spirit will will you send always he will connect you always with the nations it's not about yourself it's all it's all about the lost the lost nations so they trained the missionaries young missionaries and they went all over the world 270 years ago just recently i was in southern india and i went to the beach and there was a monument of one of those missionaries from the moravians and uh, I don't know if you know that, the Apostle Thomas, one of the apostles of Jesus, he went later to India and he preached the gospel in those days in India and he got killed. And since then there was no gospel for years and years and years and centuries. And there was one Moravian called Ziegenbalk. His name was Ziegenbalk, very funny name for us in Germany too. And uh, he, got, he got this idea to go alone by himself from Germany to southern India by boat. So he arrived on that beach and he got uh, caught by the Portuguese army. The Portuguese army was ruling uh, South India in those days. They put him in jail because they were unsatisfied and happy that he, he liked to preach the gospel. So he was three months in, in prison. This was his, his start in India, you know ending up in the prison. And in three uh, months, he learned Tamil Nadu, the language of southern India. And he translated the New Testament in three months. And since then, the gospel was in India. 
I know there's big revival. There's all over revival. You should come with me to India. It's amazing. It's amazing what's going on in India. You know, the second largest country in the whole world. First largest, first, first biggest country is China, as you know, and then India. So the Moravians, the Moravians, and then after the Moravians in Germany, there was one wave after the next wave of revival in, German, in Germany. And uh, so I'm very proud to be a German. And many, many people, they think about Germany, they think about the Second World War and this and this and this. Yes, this was a very dark hour in our history. Um, the devil didn't like it. And we have a very strong connection to Israel. And this was one reason why the devil uh, used us in a very bad way to kill so many Israelis. And we repented a lot, a lot, a lot after the Second World War. And by the way, thank you Americans, you delivered us from the evil in the Second World War. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. With, without Americans? I don't know. And some people in Germany, or many people, they ask me again and again, why are you going to America? You don't have to go to America. It's good if you go to Asia, if you go, good if you go to uh, Africa and the poor countries in South America. You don't have to go to America. What do you want to do in America? They, they are so rich, you know. They have the largest churches, the most brilliant speakers, the biggest bookstores, the big Christian music industry. They, they don't need you. Why are you going to America? And first, my first answer is because God called me to go to America. And my second answer is it's payback time for Germans not to come and to receive but also to come and to give something back. And I'm here to bless you. I'm here to encourage you. And I'm here to give thanks to you that your fathers and forefathers were bold enough to come to Germany and deliver us from evil. So after the Second World War, we got divided in East and West Germany. And East Germany was under the communist government. So they the poor people from East Germany, first they were under the, the dictatorship of Adolf Hitler, and then we lost the World War, and God judged our nation, and the East Germans, they came under the next dictatorship of the communists, of the Russian communists. And Germany was divided. And there was a big wall between uh, East and West Germany, and especially in Berlin, this big wall. And so many Ber Ber Germans, they got killed when they tried to run away from East Germany. They got killed by, by Germans. And this was a, this was a part of, of God's judgment to us because we killed so many Jewish people in the concentration camps. But we repented. Repentance will always open the gates of heaven. You will never, never experience revival without repentance. A nation will never, never experience revival without repentance. So even our government, they repented. They repented again and again and again, uh, especially to Israel. And so I grew up in that nation. I was born direct after the Second World War. And my parents and, and the neighbors where I was born, they told me always that the, the Americans and the British soldiers and the Canadian soldiers, they were everywhere in Germany. And uh, my parents and my relatives, they told me they are our enemies. They are our enemies. And I experienced something different. 
especially the American soldiers. They gave me so much chocolate. <laughs> they, they gave me so much bubble gum. I, I could drive with them on the tanks for our city. And, and I came to my parents. I said, they're not our enemies. They're our friends. <laughs> and I felt in love since I was a little kid with the Americans. And my whole, my whole dream, my whole life when I, was, when I was a little kid, I said, one day I have to go to America. And then I saw all those cowboy movies, you know, when I was a kid. I said, one day I have to go to America. I want to see the cowboys and the Indians. So I was raised in, in that generation after the Second World War, and I was used to live in a nation that was divided in two pieces. And my parents, they took me to church, and I had to go to church every Sunday. I had to go to youth meetings and children program, and this was so boring to me. It was so boring to me. And the music was so boring, and the whole church culture was so boring. And uh, so I was really fascinated by the new music from the Americans. You know, Bill Haley and Elvis Presley and the rock and roll music <laughs> swept over to Germany. I thought, but well, that's cool music. I like it. And, and, and the young people in our neighborhood, they were a little older than me, and they were really attracted to that music and jeans and parties and motorbikes and so and I said wow that that's 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 my life I want to do this but my parents they said no 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 this is nothing for you you have to go to church and it was so boring I told you this was so boring on Sunday they lived a lifestyle like this and from Monday to Saturday they lived a completely different lifestyle and and I, I could I couldn't get this together to live with Jesus means Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we live all the same. If we go to church and we live a different life than the rest of our week, something is wrong with it. And uh, so then when I was 14, I decided to leave everything, to jump out of the box. And maybe I prayed my first serious prayer. Of course, they, te they teach me to pray and this and this and this. But maybe when I was 14, I, I prayed my first serious prayer. And this was like this. God, if you are real, catch me if you can. <laughs> my father was a good man. I had a good father. And my mother too. Good parents. And uh, I also grew up with, uh, with something in my mind, in my heart. And very often I spoke to my father, you know, Daddy, I believe I'm very special. And when I was a little kid, he thought and he told me that, that's so cute. Yes, 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 you're my special son. But then I, I remember one, once uh, when I was uh, 13, I told him that again. And he said, hey, wait a minute. You will be very discouraged when you believe that. Come on, son, sit down. We have to talk about that. And then he told me, you are equal like, like anybody else. And you have to believe that. Otherwise, you will be really discouraged. And I thought, oh, he's an old man. He, he, he has no idea about real life. And I believe I'm very special. So... With 14, I jumped out of the box, out of the family box, out of the church box, out of the Christian box. And I became, as you had a, a complete, a typical hippie of the 60s. 
And I couldn't believe that I had to go to work and to, to work and to work and to work, you know, and earn money only to survive. What life is that? Yeah, you have to go to work and to work and to work. And then you earn some money to survive. I never could agree with that. And I was looking for freedom. I was looking for life. I was looking for peace. I was looking for love. I was looking for something else than that. And uh, so I jumped out of the church box and uh, I became a typical hippie and we tried to change the world. I thought we have to change the world. We have to change something. Life is more than that. Going to work, making rich men richer. And you have to go to bank to borrow money to, to, to pay your rent or to go for vacation or whatever. What life is that? And uh, so... I cut a long story short. I became a drug addict. I was really attracted on rock and roll music in those days, the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, and then later the Doors and Lead Zeppelin and whatever. I remember, um, maybe I was 16, I saw Jimi Hendrix first time in Germany, live on stage. And until that moment, I thought, I'm very special. But then I was in front with 50,000 people and Jimi Hendrix was on stage and I thought, something is wrong with me. I should stay on stage. <laughs> but I'm one of those 50,000. Something is wrong. Maybe your father was right. And since, since that moment, I tried to become famous. You know, I created my own band, and I worked very hard to become famous. Yeah, I became famous as a drug dealer. <laughs> As a drug addiction, you know, and it, I was so addicted on drugs. I took all kinds of drugs, and uh, this was going on for almost 10 years. In those 10 years, in whole Europe, I was traveling all over. In those 10 years, not one Christian showed up into my life and talked to me about the goodness of God. They were afraid about the hippie movement, you know, long hair, long beard. Wild people, crazy people, uh, wild sex, demonic power, uh, crazy music, psychedelic music for the older generation. This was, wow, wow, we lost the whole generation. Especially the church. They pronounced it. This generation is lost for the kingdom. This generation is lost for Jesus. But no generation is lost for Jesus. And no generation is lost for the kingdom. And uh, so nothing happened with Jesus in, in, in 10 years. And so after 10 years, I thought, I have to change something in your life. But I didn't know what. I tried to get rid of drugs. It doesn't work. So I am different girlfriends. It doesn't work. So I thought, I have to make a big, big deal. I have to earn a lot of money. I have to sell a lot of drugs. And then I have a lot of money. And maybe then I will go to California, to San Francisco, the center point of the hippies, or, or Goa, India. And uh, I was on my way to Morocco, to South um, Africa. But uh, I ended up in Spain on the beaches. And I spent all my money on the beaches in a few weeks. And very discouraged, I came back to Germany, and I was sitting in Munich. It's a big city in South Germany. I was sitting in the discotheque, kind of depressed, smoking marijuana. And one of my best friends showed up, and I was really amazed about him. 
to see him in, in Munich because he was a city, a city hippie. He never left the city. Yes. There are people that they're never leaving the city. Not only hippies, you know, but he was one of them. And, uh, and I was really uh, shocked to meet him in the discotheque in Munich. And I said, what are you doing here? He said, I had to run away from our hometown. I said, why? All our friends, they're talking the whole day. They're talking the whole day about Jesus. They, they're carrying big Bibles over the street. They, they, they're talking about Jesus in the discotheque. It's, it's all about Jesus, 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 Jesus. And I thought he took too much drugs, you know. And uh, I couldn't believe what he was telling me. And so I went home. I went to my girlfriend, Irene. And uh, I said, is that, is that the truth? She said, you cannot go anymore in that discotheque. It was a secular discotheque, very famous. Uh, it's Jesus, Jesus, it's always Jesus. I said, I have to go, I have to see. So I, I arrived in front of the discotheque. And one of my best friends, he was a musician, long hair. Normally he was dressed with all kinds of occult symbols around his neck. And he, he showed up. A long cape, a long mantle, only a cross. <laughs> big Bible, I mean a big, big old antique German Bible, you know, some kilos heavy. <laughs> and he smiled at me and he said, Walter, it's so good that you are here again. We made it. We reached our destiny. I said, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, Jesus is the truth. I said, what? So we went into the discotheque and all over, I saw all over my friends and the hippies, they were reading the Bible, smoking marijuana, <laughs> drinking alcohol, talking about Jesus the whole day. And I said, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, what is going on here? I was a little bit satisfied with the music was the same, you know, Rolling Stones and Pink Floyd. Okay, okay, this is, this is okay. But what is going on? I was so confused. I was so confused. And then I asked them what priest or what missionary, what pastor came uh, into the discotheque and destroyed your brain. And they said, oh, th don't worry. This has nothing to do with church. And I was so glad. This has nothing to do with church. I said, but how does it come that you are reading the Bible and talking about Jesus the whole day? I mean, this is dangerous. <laughs> and they said, one of my friends, he was very deep involved in occult stuff. And he was organizing black mass again and again and again. And uh, he, was, uh, he was really influenced by many different occult books. And he was searching one day uh, an occult book about Tibet, about Buddhism. And I was looking for that book in his box. And finally, <laughs> he got a Bible in his hand. <laughs> and he opened the Bible, and he jumped with his eyes direct in the first miracle of Jesus. When Jesus changed water into wine, he was really attracted by that. How did he do that? Changing water into wine. How is that possible? I have to learn that. And he saw Jesus is a master of witchcraft. So he opened the Bible some pages more and then 
Jesus was walking on the water. Oh, that's another good thing. I have to learn that. And then Jesus was multiplying food. You know, and then Jesus was speaking to the storm and there was silence. And he, he was so he was so amazed about Jesus. And he thought he did all those miracles without taking drugs. I have to learn that. <laughs> and then Jesus was, was talking about his father, the light of God, the father of light. And he was so attracting, attracted about the light. So he brought the Bible to all my friends. And so he evangelized without being born again. Without any, any relationship to Jesus. But he evangelized the whole drug addict scene in my town. And they got really attracted. And I said to them, hey, this is really dangerous. I went to church. And this is boring. If you go deeper in that, finally you will end up in the church. And then you have to, then you have to get married. <laughs> then you will have, then you will have to have children. You have to go to work. I mean, you have to go to regular work. And so on and so on. You have to cut your hair. Yeah. You have to change your lifestyle. <laughs> Maybe you have to throw away your music. I said, this is really dangerous. But they were really attracted by the word of God. And finally, they left the town. The whole group left the town and they started the first Jesus people community in Germany. I did not know in those days that there, there was a Jesus people movement around the world. Very strong here in the United States. I did not know that Jesus himself had pity on all those young people without any hope. Rejected from the society, rejected from church. Church was afraid. And then Jesus showed up and poured out his Holy Spirit in the United States, in Australia, in Europe, the whole Western world. I did not know that. I was glad to get rid of my friends, the religious Jesus freaks. <laughs> and um, I tried to, to change my life in a different direction, but nothing happened. And two years later, I organized a drug party in our community. By the way, I lived more than 10 years in communities. Together with people. And uh, it's another story. And we organized a drug week party in our community. I was together with Irene. And uh, it was awful that night. It was really demonic. It was so dark. It was so dark. There was heroin. There was cocaine. There was LSD. There was all kinds of, of drugs. And it was really dark. And in one second I found out... Uh, I called demons, I called spirit into my life, and I can't get rid anymore of them. And I was afraid. And out of nothing, out of nothing, no one taught me that, no one talked to me. Out of nothing, I started praying. I said, God, I need you right now. If you are real, I need you right now. I cannot wait until next week. I cannot wait until eternal life or whatever. I need you right now. If you are alive, I need you right now. And I did not know what to expect, but the Holy Spirit hit me. I made such a strong encounter with God, and I realized this is the God of the Bible. 
And this is the God who created heaven and earth. And this is the God of my childhood. I realized that in seconds. And I realized in seconds I'm free of my drug addiction. I never fell back into drugs from that day on. Who the sun sets free is really free. Not for, not for some days and then you go back. And I got really born again, really radical born again. I did not know these terms, you know, born again. And there was so much peace, so much peace. I was so attracted. Peace, there was so much love. And I thought, this is a new day in your life. God, you don't need to wait for months and years and years and years to be changed. God can change you in one day. He, he changed a whole city with 120,000 people called Nineveh in one day by one message. I don't believe on long, long, long counseling. I don't believe on that. And uh, so I was changed, radical change in, in, in a few moments. And I was full of this. I realized God is love and nothing else. God is love and nothing else. Don't make it complicated. <laughs> if you share the gospel, don't make it too complicated. It's very simple. God is love. That's it. And uh, I did not know what to do with it. I did not know what to do. I said, what shall I do? What shall I do? What shall I do with it? You know, it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a wild party, I tell you. So I went to my wife. I was not married to her. She grew up without Jesus in a non-Christian family. I thought, I have to tell her what happened to me. And I was really careful, and I thought maybe she will reject me and things like that. So I said to her, you know, Irene, God is in the house. <laughs> and she said, I know. <laughs> and I want to follow him. I'm leaving this place tomorrow. I don't know what about you, but I want to follow Jesus. And I thought, wow, God is in the house. You know, God is in the house. And I gave my first message. You don't have to wait 10 years, 20 years. You don't have to go to Bible schools and other Bible schools and other Bible schools. So I gave my first message when I was saved that night. And I turned on the light. Everyone was screaming, what are you doing? Because it was dark. I turned off the music. They were screaming more. What are you doing? And I gave my first message. And my first message was short. But powerful. God is in the house. And I got so rejected. Oh, I got so rejected. And they, they, they told me, oh no, not again. Not again. This is really dangerous. And, and stop talking like that. Turn on the music. Turn, off, turn out the, the, the light. And so on and so on. So this was my first encounter with the Holy Spirit. We left that community. We rented our own apartment very, very fast. And I thought, how will it be the next day? You know, I see many, many people, they have encounter with the Holy Spirit after encounter with the Holy Spirit in meetings, but nothing changed. Nothing changed. 
And I thought, how will it be? How will it be? One day after that, or two days after that. So I woke up the next morning, and I said, wow, it's still there. You know, when I gave my life to Jesus that night, first time in my life, I did hear the voice of God two times. First time was, you know, my son, you're very special to me. And the second thing, the second time, when I gave my message, God is in the house, I got so rejected, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me. This will happen to you your whole life. People will receive you with the gospel, and people will reject you of the gospel. Doesn't matter. Don't be focused on this or that. Follow me. And I said, how will it be the next day? How will that be? And I woke up and I said, wow, still there. The peace is there. The peace never left me. Joy never left me. More than 40 years. A real salvation. Oh, it's awesome. I mean, a real salvation. Takes longer than two days. And I woke up and I saw heaven. Oh, I saw, oh, what color. I never saw that before. I looked uh, in, 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 in the garden and I saw all the, the, the flowers and the trees and I said, amazing. I never saw that. And then I did listen to the sounds of the birds. I said, wow, what a music. What a great sound. And I thought, wow, it's cool with God. He's changing the whole world for me. But very soon I found out it was wrong. <laughs> he did not change the world for me. He changed my heart. He changed everything. And I found out I was really born again. A radical born again. You have to be born again. You have to be born again. You won't enter heaven because you're going to church. You won't enter heaven because you know everything in the Bible. You won't enter heaven because you visited this seminar, this seminar, this seminar. You won't enter heaven because you are a member of a very famous church or whatever. You won't enter heaven because you have given the tithe regularly or whatever. You won't enter because you are baptized three times, four times. No, you have to be born again. You have to be born again. There was one man, and he was a he was a well-known teacher in Israel. And he saw the works of Jesus. And he looked at him. And one night he showed up and he said, Master, we know that you are from God. We know that. Because no one, no one can can do the works, the miracles, what you are doing. And then he showed up with, the, with a very good question. What must I do? What must we do to enter the kingdom of God? And he was a teacher of Israel. I mean, big knowledge. He was a famous teacher. He knew anything about God and the history of Israel and whatever. And he realized something. 
I miss something. The most important thing I don't have. And he showed up with this question, what must I do to enter the kingdom of God? Not to enter church. Not to enter a religious system. Not to enter a mission ministry. Not to enter in a certain theology or whatever to enter the kingdom of God. And then Jesus looked at him and he said, you are a master, a big teacher of Israel, and you don't know that? You must be born again. Otherwise, you won't see the kingdom of God. You know, and he, he responded, this man, Nicodemus, he responded like many, many Christians. Many, many Christians around the world. They try to understand the kingdom of God. They try to understand. And I tell you something, you can't. Never ever, you can't understand the kingdom of God. Because this is not for our head. This is for our heart. And he, he responded like many, many Christians. Wait a minute, Jesus. How can I be born again. Can someone who is an adult going back in the mother's womb and being born again? And Jesus repeated, Hey Nicodemus, you have no clue. You must be born again. You must be born again. Otherwise you won't see the kingdom of God. So many Christians, they, they see everything. Problems, needs, sickness, uh, a terrible world, yeah, uh, splits in the church. Uh, they, they, they see so many evil things and negative things. They see that, but they don't see the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is something different. And I, re I realized when, when the Holy Spirit came into my life, wow. Something is going on here. I don't know what is going on, but something is going on here. And this is, this is really big. This is really big. And uh, I did not know what to do with it. I was a thief. I was a drug addict. I sold drugs. This was my life. So we left the hippie community. And we, we realized we cannot sell drugs anymore. We, we won't take drugs anymore. We won't steal anymore. So what shall we do <laughs> to survive, <laughs> you know? And uh, so we talked about that. And we thought we have to go to work. <laughs> so, we, so we got a job. We get a job. We get a good job. And for me, it was clear. The only reason why I go to work is to reach the whole company with the gospel. <laughs> In two weeks, I was done. <laughs> 120 em employees. So I, I preached the gospel every day, you know. And from the big boss to the lowest employee in two weeks, I was done with it. No one, but no one got saved. When I showed up in the morning, 
to, for work, they, 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 they called me, our Jesus is coming to work. And I said, ah, yes, I like it. Yeah, they, they think I'm Jesus. Like Jesus. But no one gets saved. My wife, she worked, same thing. And we shared the gospel on every corner. We shared the gospel to all of our friends. And we had long talks. And we prayed for our friends. But no one got saved. And I thought something is wrong. You should be a fruit in your life. It should be normal that people are coming to Jesus through your life. It should be normal. And nothing happened. And we fell down on our knees and we prayed and we said, we said, God, 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 what is wrong with us? We never said, God, what is wrong with you? That's always everything okay with God. What is wrong with us? And I remember, remember someone was knocking on our door and I was confronted with the first prophet in my life ever. It was 12 o'clock at night. I opened the door and he said, uh, can I come in? God spoke to me. I'm from the north and I have a message for you. This was so strange to me, you know. I said, who are you? And he said, I I'm a prophet. I said, wait a minute, they are all dead? <laughs> so Irene was more friendly than I. So we took him in and we gave him coffee and, and then he started prophesying over us. And he said, God placed his hand upon you and you made the wrong decision and you should uh, quit your job immediately and you should open your house, your heart, your wallet, your fridge and he will send all the broken and the needy in your life and in your house and you should give them a home. And I'm a good, I'm a good German, you know. My next question was, What about money? <laughs> What about money? And he said, don't be concerned. Open your Bible, Matthew 6. Yes, all, everything is written there. That don't be concerned about food. Don't be concerned about clothing. Don't be concerned about tomorrow, you know. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything will be given to you and more than that so don't be concerned and I said this guy is complete crazy <laughs> and then he left and my wife quit three days later the job and she had one encounter after the other by the Holy Spirit and I was full of fear to quit my job And I was very close to fall back into sin, into my old life. But Jesus was stronger. And I quit my job. And so now we are without job, without any people, without church, no friendship letter or newsletter or things like this. <laughs> this, this all happened outside the church, you know, outside the church. I'm so glad for that. And... Uh, so I said to Irene, uh, now I'm really excited what happened. And the same week, I talked to one guy. And he had questions and questions and questions and questions. And long time after midnight, 
He said, how can I become a disciple? How can I give my life to Jesus? How does it work? And I said, I don't know. <laughs> no, no one ever asked me that question. I don't know. But I know when two or three together in Jesus' name, his presence is there. And we can talk with him. And then you can talk with him. And then everything is done. <laughs> it's, it's easy, huh? Yes. It's very easy. So he did that. We did that. And he was saved. And then his next question was, can I stay with you? I said, why? I, I don't know how to live with Jesus. I want to watch you 24 hours a day. You shall be my example. And I said, oh my God. <laughs> you know, two hours in church every Sunday. Show up with your charismatic smile. What about the rest of the week? 24 hours a day? What's going on in your home? What's going on behind the scene in your life? What's going on? What are you doing with your computer? Hmm? How do you treat your wife? How do you treat your husband? How do you treat your children? What about the employees? What about you driving too fast through Reading and the police is stopping you and you have to pay a fine? How do you think about that? You know what I'm talking about? What about your money? What about your career? What about your time? What about, you know, we love to worship. You love to worship, amen? But worship to me is something different than singing songs. This is only one small part. Worshiping Jesus means to honor Jesus 24 hours a day with my whole life. How do you hear, the, how do you hear this message here now? Are you worshiping Jesus with your mind? Are you worshiping Jesus with your heart? Are you worshiping Jesus with your emotions? Worship is more than singing songs. I like that. But it's more than that. And he said, I want to watch you 24 hours a day. I was shocked. But I tell you, if you are real with Jesus, if you are real with God, if you are really serious, oh, he will take your life and he will guide you. In Romans 8, 16 is written, those who are led by the Holy Spirit, they are the sons and the daughters of God. Who are led by the Holy Spirit, not led by money, not led by circumstances, not led by sickness, not led by other people. Those who are led by the Holy Spirit, those are the sons and the daughters of God. And this was really clear when God spoke that in our life. This was the Holy Ghost. He was leading us from that moment on. Every day, we saw every day salvation. Without an evangelistic program. You know, God is so tired about our programs. He's so bored about our programs. Yeah, call it what, what you like to call, but our programs. <laughs> he has much better programs in heaven, I'll tell you. Without any program, every day people get saved. And they all showed up with the same question. Can we stay with you? 
And we said, yes, as long as we have space, you can stay with us. And we rented a very little apartment, and they stayed with us, sleeping back by sleeping back, because most of them, they lived on the street. Most of them, they were drug addicts, homeless people, witches, prostitutes, broken people, mental ill people. All those people, they gave their life to Jesus every day. When there was one day without salvation, we fell down on our knees and we repented and we said, God, what did we wrong? What kind of sin is holding salvation back from us? And then the next day, people got saved and hallelujah, hallelujah. <laughs> there was no church. No one told us you have to have Sunday service. No one told us, you know, you have to go to a Bible study. No one told us, don't do this and do that. Nothing. There was only the Holy Spirit and the Bible. We never sang songs because church music. <laughs> Until now. Forget it when I'm telling you this. Forget it after it. It's boring. Until now, the good music is in the world. And I was listening good music. I was listening good music in the world. So one day Christian got lost in our community. And he found out he's, he, he he asked us a lot of stupid questions, you know, and we, we I, I couldn't answer all those questions. I did not understand his language, his church language. But then he found out we we don't sing songs. And he said, if you are real, if you are real, real Christians, you must sing songs. I said, what kind of songs? Yeah, church songs. I said, why? I don't know, but real Christians, they sing songs. I said, can you teach us one song? And he tried to teach us one song. Oh, my God. <laughs> we ended up laughing on the, on the floor. And he was running away, and he was really convinced that we are no real Christians because we don't sing any songs. We prayed. We were very strong in the word of God. We prayed for the city. We prayed for the lost. But no regular meetings. No worship at all like we are used to have it. And after three months, I was so tired. I was so broken. I was really close to have a burnout. Living together 24 hours a day with such a people cost you everything. Do you believe that? Irene was very close to have a nervous breakdown. And I said, God, it's, it's, it's amazing, but how long can I survive such a life? For you it was good. After three years you went to heaven and then everything was done. Yeah, I prayed like this. But I have to stay maybe some more years here on planet earth than three years. And I felt so empty. I felt, I felt like an iPhone without power. Very valuable. Yes, very valuable. Good tool. But without power, forget it. It's useless. 
And I felt like this. And I started praying, and Irene, we prayed, we prayed. God, we need, we need something more than only to survive from one day to the next day. And then one day we opened our Bible because I thought there must be an answer in the Bible. There is always an answer in the Bible. And we opened the Bible and I jumped into Acts 1 verse 8. You will receive power. <gasps> yes. I stopped reading the rest, you know. Power to be my witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, until the end of the world and so on. I stopped reading that. I said, I got the answer. Let's pray for power. <laughs> you, have to, you have to know, I never met a Pentecostal church. I never met charismatics, you know, charismatic movement like that. I grew up in a very dry, dry, dry evangelical church. So now we fell down on our knees and we prayed for power. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nothing happened. <laughs> Did you ever pray nothing happened? Who is serious here? Oh, 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 one day, two days, we were reading the book of Acts again and again and again. And so after seven days, nothing happened. Many of our people, they were really discouraged. And then I was listening some record, some secular music, you know, I think it was the group Yes from England. And then out of nothing, the Holy Spirit felt upon us. Boom. <laughs> ah. I watched it. I was so shocked. I was so shocked. My wife fell down on her knees. She lifted up her hands. She started singing another song, tongues. I said, what in the world is that? My best friend, he was knocked down from the Holy Spirit, and then he was laying on his face. <laughs> and this happened to all my, my friends in the room, but not me. I was outside, and I watched it, and I got scared. I said, God, is that really you? It scares me. I was not in. And then they started to sing. Out of that, they started to worship in the spirit. First time in my life, I listened to worship in the spirit. Most of the time we worship with our mind. This is one dimension. It's okay. It's allowed. It's legal. But God is spirit. He wants to be worshipped in the spirit. I tell you something. In Lüdenscheid and in our bases around the world, we worship Jesus in the spirit for hours. Not in German. Not in English. Not in Mongolian. And and. and we are worshiping Jesus in the spirit. And this is lifting us up in complete different dimensions. But in, in those days, this, this was the first time when I experienced that. And I cried to God, God, I know it's you, but I'm not in. And then he talked to me. You have to humble yourself. You have to give up your control, your pride. You're way too big. You have way too much in your heart, in your, in your brain. And so I humbled myself and the Holy Spirit touched me. And then we got baptized in the Holy Spirit for three days and three nights. It's not depend on the meeting. 
everything in our days, it's depend on meetings. I make an altar call, who will, who will receive the power of the Holy Ghost? The people, they come, and then for 10 minutes, they'll lay down on the, on the, on the floor, and then they're going home, and nothing changed. We get baptized in the Holy Spirit for three days and three nights. And we worship and worship and worship and worship and worship. We get new songs, one song after the other. One song after the other. After three days, we went to our other communities. Meanwhile, we built some different communities in town. And, and uh, we walked to uh, another place and, and they came to, to look after us. And we met in a city, on a street, on an, on an island, on the middle of the street. And they, they, they looked at us and they, they asked us, what happened to you? And I said, the Holy Spirit is going on in our life. And we placed our hands upon them and they got baptized on the street in the Holy Spirit. It's amazing. And this did enter us in a complete different dimension. Worship was born. And since then, we saw wave after wave after wave of worship reformation in Germany. I tell you something. We need not only revival. We need more than that. And especially the whole world of worship. The whole world of, world of worship has to be revived new again. There must, be re there must come reformation in. It's, excuse me, it's all boring. I'll tell you maybe later tomorrow what I mean with that. So worship was born in the spirit. And then I went into the discotheque. And I, I talked to one DJ. And he gave his life to Jesus. I said, wow. And then he played Jesus music. Jesus is just all right from the Doobie Brothers. And then uh, happy, oh, happy day. Things like that. And then he talked a little bit about Jesus through the microphone. The owner kicked him out. So the next DJ, I talked to the next DJ. He got saved. He did the same. He was kicked out. Then the third DJ, the same. He kicked out. Then the, the waiters, they got saved. The visitors got saved. And they shut down the whole discotheque in our town because of too much Jesus. <laughs> the power of the Holy Ghost. It's more than having good meetings. It will change our whole life. It will bring authority to rule over places, to transform cities and nations. I know what I'm talking about. And God has called you. God has chosen you to jump into such a lifestyle. Amen? Amen. But I'll tell you something more. And then I'm done. So we were really excited. Worshipping Jesus. Every day new songs. Every day. We didn't sing one song from the, from the church except one time. Prophetic songs. It was so normal. And uh, spontaneous. We call it today, we call it spontaneous music. Music. You know? So we did that all the time. All the time. And then one day we were together. And there was such a spirit of repentance. The Holy Ghost is a Holy Ghost. It's not a funny ghost. The Holy Ghost is a Holy Ghost. He's holy. 
And we were together. We, we like to pray for the city and then already for outreach. And the Holy Spirit, the spirit of repentance came over us. And for hours, for hours, we repented. We confessed our sins. Like uh, Acts 19 in Ephesus. For hours, very detailed. It was really holy. We cried. We saw visions. We released ourselves of demonic power and we prayed for each other. No one told us that. And this was going on for days. For days. I was driving my car and the Holy Spirit, the spirit of repentance came into my car and I was crying and crying and crying. And my friend who was beside me, I said to him, I don't know what's going on with us. And he said, I know what's going on. We, 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 we cry out our whole dirty life. Those tears, they're cleaning up our, our dirty life. And then some days later, one friend of mine, he came back from the city. I said, where have you been? And he said, I was in a great big department store. I was, uh, I was visiting the, 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 the boss of the department store. I said, are you looking for a job? He said, no, but I was a thief in the, the department store. And I said, and? Yeah, I confessed that. And I was asking them, how can I, how can I pay it back? Is there a way to pay it back? And they said, what happened to you? And he said, I give my life to Jesus. And he told me to clean up my life, my past. And they said to him, wow, you have a merciful God. There's so much grace. So we give you also grace. You don't have to pay anything back. Be released. And I said, wow, I want to go to the same apartment store because I was received there too. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit said, no, you have to go to your parents. I said, ouch. Uh, no, I don't like it. But God said, we will begin in your family. And I went to my family and the Holy Spirit talked to me on the way to my family. Don't talk with your parents about their failures and their sins. Ask them for forgiveness. Don't blame them. So we had a great reconciliation time on the floor. And we cried together. And we asked for forgiveness. And they blessed me and they released me. And since then they became my, my best intercessors in my whole ministry. So this is a whole package. But back to born again. You must be born again. If you have doubts about that, you must be born again. Two years ago, I was in Thailand. I preached my first sermons and demons, all over demons, manifestations. And the superintendent, he stopped that because he did not believe, from the Pentecostal church, he did not believe that Christians can have demons. So his theology was really challenged and stretched. So he stopped everything and he invited me to preach one week. And I said, oh my God, 
Now I have the demons and the superintendent. <laughs> the next morning, he showed up. And I said, God, have mercy on me. Irene was with me. And then he went to the microphone. And he said, I have to confess something. I am your superintendent here in Thailand for 30 years. But I'm not born again. I don't have the testimony of the Holy Spirit in my life, in my spirit, that I'm born again. Can you pray for me? So he, he humbled himself and he, he became radical born again in this conference. I could tell you stories about stories. There was one lady, she was 80, 80 years in a seminar in Switzerland. And, and she went to church her whole life and she uh, hosted missionaries and she was really involved in mission work and things like that. Very nice, fine lady. She was really good in shape, physically, emotionally, mentally. But after two days, she started crying. I said, what, what happened to you? And she said, I don't know if I die today, if I, if I go to heaven. I don't know. I don't have this confirmation of the Holy Spirit that I'm born again, that I'm a daughter of God. Can you pray with me? So we prayed for her. The next morning she showed up. Wow, she was really changed. Radical born again. First thing was she said, no, I'm ready for heaven. Now I'm ready for heaven. The last two years I preached this message in Germany. Doesn't matter what kind of church I was, 60-80% confessed that they don't have the testimony of the Holy Spirit that they are born again. This is the foundation of our life. You can have experience, many, many experience about God. A lot of encounters, a lot of ex experience with the power of God, and you can be without being born again. You must be born again. Otherwise, you won't see heaven. So many Christians, they're coming to me. Can you pray for me? For what? Oh, I have a hard time to hear the voice of God. Huh? How can you have a hard time to hear the voice of God if you are a child of God? If you are a son or a daughter of God? My sheep, they hear my voice and they follow me. And I would say, and it is not difficult. If you are born again by the Holy Spirit, you will have your identity absolutely only, only, only in your personal relationship to Jesus, to the Holy Spirit, and to, to your Father. Identity. When you are born again, he will give you a new identity. You will think different, you will see different, you will hear different, you will, uh, you will have different emotions, you will act different. Everything is different. And it's developing. And you will see the kingdom of God. And you will not see anymore the, the, the needs and the problems of the world. First of all, you will see with different eyes. You know, uh, I'm here for six weeks in the United States, and very often they're asking me, what about the refugees in Germany? 
all the Muslims and the terrorists and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And my answer is, hallelujah. I like it. I like it. Last year, one million Muslims, they came to Germany. What a challenge. What an opportunity to bless them with the gospel. Amen. Don't be afraid of that. Even the terrorists, God is in love with them. He never said, love your friends and hate your enemies. This is all testament. He said, love your enemies. Amen. Once I was in India, we had a big, big, big youth conference way up in the jungle. And they are also terrorists. And the first evening, a terrorist showed up. And he came with bad, bad things in his mind. But the Holy Spirit was so strong there, he gave his life to Jesus. And he placed his weapon in front of the stage. And he got radical born again. What happened? If you are really born again, you, you will see opportunities. Every need, every catastrophe, every, every problem will be an opportunity to glorify God, to worship God. Amen? I was once in Manila many, many years ago, my first outreach trip. And I ended up one day in Manila on the garbage dump. 150,000 people living on the garbage dump. I saw rats bigger than cats. Bad smelling place because it was smoking. Smoke all, all the time. Children everywhere. The playground of the children, this garbage dump. And, and uh, 70 children, they died on sickness in one week. Not one children would die in Germany on that, on that sickness. And, and, and the, bull, the bulldozers from the government, they were digging the, the garbage and organizing the garbage. And every, every week, some children, they died under the wheels of the bulldozer. I said, oh my God, what place? What place is that? And then I saw 20 children, they were running after us. And they were running and running and running and they were waving their hands, smiling, laughing. And they screamed, welcome, welcome, welcome on Smoky Mountain. This was the place called Smoky Mountain. And I said, what a, what a crazy world. They have so much fun. In Germany, the children, they have everything. They have computers. They have everything. You know, they have their own rooms. They, they have everything. But they, they have to go to the mental ill doctor because they can't handle it. They have no fun. They have no joy. They are depressed. They have to go to the doctors. And those children, they have nothing. They are almost naked. And they were running after us. Welcome, welcome on Smoky Mountain. And there was one little girl in front of all the, of the whole group, and she was, she was focusing me, and she was running after me. And, and I said, oh, well, wait a minute. I saw what, what, what was in her mind. She tried to jump into my arm to hug me. And I said, God, I can't handle that. This is way too much. And God spoke to me, and he said, if you can't love this kid, forget our relationship. I said, okay, God. And in my heart, I said yes to every sickness. I said yes to bad-smelling stuff. And so she jumped into my arm. She, you know, she was so dirty. 
running nose, all over open ones, things like that, yellow stuff flowing out. And she jumped into my, into my arm and she kissed me and she hugged me. And then she went down and she took me by her hand and she brought me to her family. And she introduced me to her family. And God spoke to me, see, it's so easy. It is so easy to bring my love, to reveal my love to the nations. And I said, God, I, what are you talking about? She said, she never, she never asked you how many different languages do you speak? How many different plastic cats do you have in your wallet? How big is your bank account? What is your profession? How many different languages? And, and so she it's very easy. Go into the whole world. Bring my love in the whole world. That's enough. And the rest I will do it for you. If you are not born again, you will not see that. You will see so many problems. You will see so many starving children. You will see so many war. You will see so many violence. You will see Bob Syria is completely bombed and near Aust. You will see the world is in, in, in a mess. But if you are born again, God gives you a different perspective. When the refugees came in our town, first thing what we did, we made a welcome party for, the, for them. We cooked Arabic food. We prophesied over them with prophetic songs. I preached 20 minutes. 120 showed up. 40 got saved. Immediately. And meanwhile, meanwhile, hundreds, hundreds of refugees, Muslims, they get baptized in Germany. I'm, I'm involved in leadership meetings, national leadership meetings, and every church is involved in this business. And the church are, 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 are increasing by numbers by former Muslims, refugees. If you're born again, you will see with a different eye the whole world. You won't be under fear. You won't be under fear. You won't be, when, when I grew up in Germany and I gave my life to Jesus, I had one thing in my mind. I want to see peaceful unification in Germany between East and West. And I went to East Germany. I went uh, under the communist government. I preached the gospel. Uh, not a big deal. But my prayer was, I want to see peaceful unification in Germany. And then we prayed. We went down on, on our knees and the Holy Spirit spoke, this year, in six months, it will happen. And it happened in 1989, a peaceful unification. I saw Germany with different eyes. I saw only one Germany. And I saw the destiny of Germany to bless the nation. This is our destiny, to bless the nation. So you have to be born again. And you have to... You have to have this witness in your heart. You are a son of God. You are a daughter of God. You don't have to have the testimony from your husband. You don't have to have the testimony from your pa pa pastor. Pastor, you don't have to have the testimony from your counselor. You know, so many people, they, they need a counselor to survive. What do you think? What shall I do? I have a problem. Can you help me? Can you pray for me? Wow. If you're born again, you are connected directly with the God of heaven and earth. And he will talk to you. He will guide you. He will lead you. It's easy. It's not a complicated thing. Amen? Amen. You have to be born again.
Let's go on our feet. I want to pray. Thank you, Jesus. Let's stand. Tomorrow night, I want to pray for um, the power of the Holy Spirit. But tonight, I, I have something in my heart. When I came into this room, I, I felt not everyone here is born again. This is the ticket. Being born again is the ticket to heaven. If you are not born again, and you would die tonight, you will not enter heaven. You can go to church hundred times. But if you are not born again, if you don't have the confirmation by the Holy Spirit in your heart, you, 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 you will not make it. In our city, there was a young boy, 17 years young. The whole family was born again. And they came to me, what can we do? What can we do with our youngest son? And he came to our service. He came to our church and... He didn't came for worship. He didn't came for Jesus. He came for the beautiful girls. <laughs> and I said, pray for your son. And one day I met them in the city and they smiled and smiled. And I said, our youngest son, he got saved last week. We got a new son. We got a new son and he cleaned his own room. He cleaned his heart. So much forgiveness and he's really born again. And I thought... Okay, I want to see him in service. And then next Saturday he came in our service. And I could see from the, from the distance he was born again. You can see that. You can see that. If someone is born again, his eyes were bright shining. And then he shared me the story. And he was really radical born again. And he worshipped God like crazy. Changed. Two weeks later, he passed away. 17 years young. A drunken driver hit him to death. We went to the ground and we worshiped Jesus. And we had a great party. And the father told me, I'm so glad that he made it. I'm so glad that he uh, was born again two weeks ago. He is not dead. He just moved to another place. He just moved. That's it. If you are born again, you won't be afraid about dying. You won't be afraid at all. Because new life. It's bumping in you. New life. I went to Pakistan again and again and people told me, is this not dangerous? Yes. Of course. But it's, it's always dangerous when you are in a place where you don't belong to. Your sofa in your living room can be a very dangerous place. <laughs> your seat in front of your computer can be a very dangerous place, I tell you. But if you are in the will of God, you are secure. But I tell you something, I would love to, to die for Jesus preaching the gospel in Pakistan than sitting in my living room and watching some stupid stuff and getting a heart attack. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. So close your eyes and, uh, and ask yourself,
do I have the confirmation of the Holy Ghost? Do I have the confirmation of the Holy Ghost that I am a daughter of God? That I am a son of God? If not, it's not a problem. It's not a problem. He's more than willing to give it to you. He's more... And when you went to church and when you when you was reading the Bible, it's not worthless. But he will give it to you. He'll, he will give you the gift of eternal life right now.